We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We are the Men from Moto, and you're listening to episode 49, Seasons Beatings. My name is David Seville, and I have Travis Sowers with me on the line. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas, David. How was your holiday season? Holidays were good. Spent some time with the family, hung out with my wife, played some magic. I, I don't know what more one could ask for. I did the same minus the playing of magic. I'm quite disappointed that I did not get to play much magic, but I will hopefully starting again next week. I'll have some time. Might play a little commander this weekend with my daughter. We picked up uh, commander decks for Christmas. And by we, I mean me. And for us, I mean for me. So uh, but I mean, you got her one too, right? Yeah, with the intention of playing together, obviously. So, um, you know, no, nah, actually, she said that kids at school play commander. And she was asking me about Phyrexian mana and, and why people had commander cards and things like that. And I had to explain it all. So I thought, let's demonstrate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, should be fun. Um, so this week, uh, we're kind of in the, the between period of uh, magic sets. We've got we did our cube review last week. Uh, we've got full Rivals of Lixaland spoilers next week, I believe. Um, and then basically we've got no time between now and the, the release of Rivals of Ixalan. So as a bit of a filler episode here, we're going to... Uh, uh, we're going to do some magic online new year resolutions. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people do these new year's resolutions. I'm not a fan of them myself. However, for magic online, I will definitely do that. Uh, we're going to do a 2017 version of our Christmas wish list. We did one last year and we'll see, uh, kind of what's changed. And, uh, if we have anything new on our wish list this year and, um, one of our listeners, has asked a question in your chat the other day. How do you stay focused during a format that you no longer consider fun? So I think we'll discuss that topic near the end of the podcast here as well. But first, Mr. Travis Sowers, you received a letter in the mail the other day while on stream, which was really cool. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners what you got? That really super tickled me. I, I received a magic card in the mail, uh, which is some disassembly required. It is black mana for an enchantment. Black, sacrifice a creature. Distribute the sacrificed creature's keyword abilities among any number of other target creatures until end of turn. If it's December, you gain one life for each of those keywords. Uh, and there was also a letter. And honestly, the, the card is awesome. It's in this nice little protective box, and I'm certainly going to keep that. But I'm, I'm going to put this letter in a frame, too. It says, Seasons Greetings. We know that 2017 has brought us challenges and changes, as well as many special moments and memories. Through it all, you've contributed to the community in a way that we really appreciate. Thank you for all that you give. We hope you enjoy this one small way for us to give back. It's creators like you that help make Magic the Gathering as amazing as it is. As a token of our gratitude, please enjoy this year's holiday card. You are awesome. We hope to be seeing more of you in 2018. 2018. Happy holidays, the Magic the Gathering community team. And it's signed by the community team. And that just absolutely made my day. Like, I've been pushing this for two years now. Um, 
hit the goals to be able to, to push this for another year. And it felt really good to receive a little bit of validation from the people that make the game that like, Hey, your content's not all that bad, man. Yeah. Um, that, that's awesome. We saw it when you got it on stream and opened it up and it was kind of like a, you know, who's, who's cutting onions in here moment for, for some of us, I'm sure that's, that's really awesome. You, you deserve it. You work hard. And, um, you know, the, the feedback that, that you get on your, on your stream, the, the positivity and the kind of friendly nature of your stream while still being a high quality content creator, um, just, just kind of goes to show that you're doing a very good, good thing for the community here. So I think it's good to get that kind of validation from wizards of the coast. And this is just a really good example too, of, um, how, how was such a, what seemingly is a small gesture from wizard side of things, you know, they mail this, this letter and this card to a few people can have a huge impact downstream. Um, it's just net, you know, net positive for, for everyone involved here. You know, you got something really cool and you have this, you know, awesome thing that you can say is an achievement. Um, and then everybody that got to experience that with you kind of has that kind of trickle down effect as well. It's really cool to see, um, see the effects of this. So good on you. Uh, thanks to wizards and, um, yeah, here's to, here's to 2018 for your stream. Heck yeah. It, we just did a podcast not too long ago about how it's a net positive to just be nice to people. And this was a, a, a super nice gesture from wizards. Thank you very much for that. And then it, it like, it's going to pass along. Like I I've been in a great mood since that arrived. It's crazy how like just something so simple can have such a huge impact. And, and sometimes people just don't even realize it. So good on you. And uh, I'm sure that you'll pay it forward. Well, I mean, I guess you did. I mean, kind of, I guess that was vintage masters where you were giving away power on your stream, which is kind of great. Yeah. But, um, we gave you know, away just, an just alternate you... art black Lotus that made somebody's day. There you go. Just, but just, um, you know, just streaming for another year, I think will bring much joy to you and the people that follow you. So congratulations once again. Thank you, David. All right. Cube. So I haven't played cube. I have to live vicariously through you. I spent the week and a bit in a place that had no internet and I was, well, I had bad internet. So I'm kind of jonesing to get some of my stream time in with you. How has your cube been? I've had a lot of fun playing this cube. I took Tommy's advice and tried out storm. And honestly, I get what the bug is about. It feels so good when you pull it off that like, you feel like you have built this engine that does such a special thing. I, I have not done particularly well with storm. Um, I have done fairly well in the cube though. And it, it's, it's another one where like, I think this actually ties into Scott's question. So we'll talk about this some there. Like it's an exceptionally swingy format. I've, you know, I turn one Chandra, uh, the one that you can plus to deal two damage to them, exile the top card or plus for mana. I, I think it's the Kaladesh Chandra and mm-hmm. then curved that right into Koth on turn two. It's like what are what are they going to do, right? And it's like amazing to do that to your opponent. And then when somebody does that to you, it's like, oh my god, how do I even stop this? So like it's it's very huge swingy format, which I, I think is a lot of fun to do some, right? Um, how much more do you have left in you? Probably only about two or three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I see why this cube isn't here all the time, right? Um, but I've had an absolute blast with it. Some advice for people, stop passing opposition. It's busted. Just, just take it and have fun with it. That is the card that I have played the most where people just instant concede. Like it's not a fair card. You should just pick it. Um, I know that I like upheaval more than most people, but it's still broken. Stop giving me fifth pick 
upheavals. Like I don't deserve that. The, I appreciate the free wins. It's a lot of fun, but just, just stop doing that. And I think we've come down on the side that soul ring is actually better than black Lotus. If you happen to open both of them, although the Lotus certainly has higher value in, in some archetypes. I did get to uh, turn one Black Lotus Eternal Witness, getting back the Black Lotus, and then play something else. I don't even remember what it was, but it was kind of fun. That seems really good. Yeah, yeah, and it just stupid the stupid stories you get from it. There's tons of story equity, um, but I, I've had an absolute blast. All the archetypes that Tommy talked about with us are there. There's also various number of control decks, but I mean that's kind of the best part of the cube is you can do whatever you want. The aggressive strategies, a lot of people are arguing at me that the aggressive strategies aren't good anymore, and they've certainly gotten a notch worse from the last iteration of this cube that we saw, but they're certainly still there. There's people that are derping around with five-color storm decks, and if you can just go one, two, three, four, five, you can kill them. You can absolutely kill them. And like Black Lotus and, and the powered cards, the mocks and everything, they're just as good in aggressive strategies that are looking to kill you with creatures as they are in any others. I had a red-white aggro deck that had Karn in it because I had so much fast mana wheel of fortune and memory jar. So like I could spew out my hand if some of it was fast mana cast Karn sweet. If it wasn't just memory jar it away and get a new seven. So like I, I, I still think the aggressive strategies are viable. Okay. Well, I look forward to watching a bit more. We'll see if I get a chance to, uh, to, to stream the cube this, or I guess next week it will be, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, but uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And with Rivals of Ixalan right around the corner, I'm going to save my Ixalan pox. Maybe I'll play some standard. Maybe I'll stream something else. We shall see. But uh, I do look forward to getting back to it fairly quickly here, hopefully. Get in one cube if you can. It's it's worth seeing these cards and interacting with it. And I, I remember my first cube. When cube first came out and I first played it, I had no idea what was going on. And it was absolutely awesome to watch my opponent's deck do all of this cool stuff where I'm like, I guess I'll cast my Sword of Feast and Famine now. And then they just storm off. And I'm like, what just happened? How did I lose? I had to go back and watch the replay and click through it and be like, what does this card even do? Like, it, it was just so cool. So, like, do one of them. Knowing what you know, I suspect you can draft a good deck and have some fun. And then you'll just see some really cool stuff and get some really great stories. I do enjoy lighting tickets on fire once in a while. This is worth it. Just just light 10 tickets on fire. You're going to have a blast. <laughs> All right. Uh, Christmas wish list. You want to start there? I want to be able to stream Magic Arena. Soon. I want to be able to do it right now. Soon. I, I want to do it yesterday. Soon. Soon. I'm aware that it's soon. I know that we're still in closed beta. I know that if anyone was in it, there's an NDA and they can't really talk about it. And I appreciate all of those things, but I want to be streaming that game right now. Everything that I have seen publicly about that looks fantastic. And I cannot wait to do more with that program. I would like to be able to talk about Magic Arena at some point in the near future. Not uh, streaming it, that'll happen. But I am really looking forward to the NDA being lifted so we can have like a two hour podcast about it. I I think that would be awesome too. Yeah. I mean, and and it's it's been good. They have done a couple of public streams and I agree with you that it looks good. Um it doesn't look finished obviously, but uh, I yeah, think it's I, not. I think that'll be a work in progress and um 
I was quite impressed. There was a couple of weeks back, they did a uh, stream with, um, what was it here? Um, a couple of newer magic players that were coached by like Kenji and, and somebody else. I don't remember what the, the theme of it was, but um, the magic arena version of it um, was very good and in- included some top standard decks which was interesting because when they talked about it originally, it was kind of going to be like Rivals of Ixalan forward. And these games showed some of the more complicated cards from Amonkhet, you know, Scarab God, God Pharaoh's Gift, uh, you know, cards like that. So it was very interesting to see that they had implemented at least some cards from sets previous, which maybe gives a little bit of hope that there will be more than just like rivals of Ixalan block constructed, for example, um, when we go into open beta. Um, because I think that's all they mentioned, right? Is that it was going to be like Ixalan forward and nothing backward. Um, so it was, I thought it was really cool to see that on the, on this stream to see top level decks being played in a completely new environment. And, um, you know, that kind of gives me hope that, that magic arena will be as good, if not the same, or, or, or like, you know, in a different, different, different stream as magic online is when it right. comes to gameplay. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that. And I'm sure that there are lots of things going on in the background. Uh, we haven't got any word on any of the cool things like next up on my Christmas wish list for arena specifically is uh, uh, full drafting. You know, like they haven't told us what drafting is going to be like. They haven't mentioned you know, is it going to be the same as Magic Online? Is it going to be league structure? Is, you know, what's the cost going to be? We don't know anything about that. And on my Christmas wish list is a high quality draft environment on Magic Arena that is either A, cost effective or B, has or has really good prizes. Do you know what I mean? I want there to be something on the line or enjoyable enough that I don't mind playing it over Magic Online some amount of the time, I think that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I still think there's a strong possibility. It'll be those single game matches. Um, but I, I, yes, I want to be able to draft. I'm excited to draft and draft in that interface. Sounds absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait. And then obviously, you know, there's sealed and there's all sorts of other formats, but I think if they can nail those two kind of early in the year, um, I, I think, we're looking at a really positive gameplay environment easily next year. Yeah. They haven't promised sealed in arena. So I'm wondering if that'll be a magic online only thing, or maybe at release, it'll be a magic online only thing. And I know I've griped about this in the past, but a lot of people will say, well, if it doesn't have sealed, I'm not going to play it. It's like when magic online came out, it didn't have everything either. You're playing a program that's over 20 years old and a lot of the stuff that people wanted was eventually added and it's really cool. But like I played in the Urza Saga pre-release on Magic Online like five years ago and that set's 15 years old. So like it took a while for it to get there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopeful with that too. Another thing on my wish list, and this was on my wish list last year, but I'm, I'm going to mention it again because I think it's that big a deal and I think it might be something that would keep Magic Online relevant as arena becomes more and more popular. When I went to GP Toronto, I I didn't make day two and a couple of my friends didn't make day two. And I had a backpack full of booster boosters. I was like, let's do a chaos draft. Let's do a team draft and sit down and split into teams afterwards and build our decks. And it was me, Martin, um, Ian Suzuki, scalding hot soup uh, from Twitch 
uh, Scott Vance, Jacques, and oh God, who am I missing? Shame on you for missing there was, one. There's one more person there. Oh, it was me. That was the six. Okay. I wasn't missing anybody, but w- we had like M and Ket packs and oath of the gate watch packs and some other random stuff, some shadows packs. And it was really neat to see how the discard matters stuff from M and Ket interacted with the madness cards from shadows and how the deserts let you cast Eldrazi with the colorless wingdings. And it was like these little interactions that I'd never seen in draft, but they came up there all because we had a chaos draft. There's like a pack of origins in there and a pack of cons. And like you found these mechanics overlapping that just didn't have any business overlapping. And it was an absolute blast. It was absolute blast. And I want to be able to do that on magic online. I want to be able to go into a private draft room and set up a private draft with seven people and, and myself and then maybe we can put up prizes. Maybe Wizards makes you put in two tickets apiece and they give you a draft set of the most recent set. Like put something on the line for this, but let us draft whatever the heck we want. So like if we want to do an Innistrad flashback and I find eight people that have Innistrad packs, let's go do it. We can just do it right now. And if you want to just bring three packs of whatever, let's do that too. Like that sounds like so much fun. And I, I like it seems like the functionality is there to be able to do that. And I'd really love to see that implemented on Magic Online in the future. I agree. Your own little single elimination bracket or or uh, just Swiss period, right? You think about it. Like mm-hmm. podcasts like ours could set it up. Streams could set it up. You could draft with your viewers without everybody having to jump into the same queue. Yeah. You know, put an expiry on it where like if you're not done in a week, then, um, you know, you play it league style. And if you're not done in a week, then the, then it closes. You don't have to like run it live. You can go away, come back and play your games like there's so much you could do with it. And it's all just building on existing infrastructure, I would hope. So um, you're right. I think that would can that would be a really good thing for Magic Online to do that Magic Arena probably couldn't. And it doesn't even have to be like packs. Why can't it just be Phantom? Go and stick 30 play points in and play a Phantom draft with your buddies for small amounts of prizes. Like I don't even care what Wizards take is on the on the rake. Like to be able to play with seven of my friends on the internet that I can't drive to or fly to and go and play with, I think would be huge upside. Yeah. Like that's the thing for me. I I, I would almost pay whatever they want for this and don't care what the pricing is. The opportunity is so good to connect with a, a stream audience, as you mentioned, or like to get you Martin KYT, Brian and everybody together for a draft and all get on Skype and, you know, smack talk each other while we're drafting. I can't imagine how much fun that experience would be. And I I feel like they could put that in there relatively easily and then still have a real thriving place for people who are hardcore into magic and and just explore a space that arena is not going to touch. So that's still my biggest wish list for magic online. I I like that one. I like that one. My next wish list item, I think is, um, no, I mean, I don't think I know is, um, it may might yours might fall under this category, but I want to see something big for Dominaria on Magic Online. I want to see something that comes out like some feature or function on Magic Online that comes out of nowhere that surprises us for Magic's anniversary. Because that's this year, right? 25th anniversary is this year, right? Mm-hmm. Dominaria is coming back. You know, what if they did something just some crazy event on Magic Online that was like, you know, for example, oh hey, by the way, you can now draft with your buddies or you know chaos draft cues or something just fun out of left field that nobody sees coming and nobody spoils 
and it's just it's this this like huge surprise that's like almost like a thank you to the magic community while releasing something very very cool um that's on my christmas wish list this year i won't be disappointed if i don't see it but i think i would be really excited if it was something revolutionary for magic online that was like and here you go thanks for being fans of magic oh by the way go draft karn that's that's what i'm looking that's what i'm looking for this year i think you want a christmas surprise i want a christmas surprise in like april okay okay can get behind that Mm -hmm. i have another one I don't want to play in sealed PPTQs anymore. Just get rid of them. Let me enter the finals. Raise the price to the point where it's prohibitive for the people that like the the problem with the PPTQs is they're like, well, too many people would play because it's limited. You don't have to have a deck. That shouldn't be a problem. Make that not a problem that too many people want to play and let them play. I've gotten in the position now where I'm a full-time streamer and I can't find time to play in the PPTQs as often as I'd like. One of the big reasons is they're they're always at set times, right? So there's one at 10 o'clock on Thursdays. If, if I sleep in and go for my morning walk, because I do that now, then that means I'm starting streaming about 1030 and I'm going to miss that one. Like, yes, I could set my alarm clock. I could get up earlier. I could do things faster, but it's like, why? Why was it arbitrarily 10? Why wasn't it 1030? That'd be perfect for me. Why not 11? That'd be great. You know, what's up with these times and why do they have to be there when standard doesn't need to do that? Like if the problem is too many people are joining, then let's raise the price until not so many people are joining. Right. I'm fine with that. If, if, if another solution would be make it so that many people can join and play, like what an awesome problem to have. There's too many people that want to give us money and play in our events. Great. Set up the infrastructure so that that can happen. And then the other thing that keeps me from doing them is like anytime I play in a sealed PPTQ, it's very interesting 30 minutes of content and then 30 minutes of dead space. Like I'm so spoiled by leagues and it's your fault wizards. You set me up for this. You gave me a hit of league play and now I'm addicted to it. I don't want to go back to the old way. I can remember when I was streaming two years ago and just doing a draft, I had to have a second game that I played on my stream for between rounds. I played Darkest Dungeon for a while. We played Stellaris for a while. Like there's, I played Portal. Played I played through the entirety of Portal 1 and Portal 2. Okay, And the only time that I played those games was between rounds on Magic Online. I never booted them up other than that. So I played through the entirety of two games between rounds. Like, that sucks. I don't want that anymore. I'll do it for a PTQ for the finals, but I don't want to do this to collect tokens. And like, I feel like I've proven myself in sealed. Like, don't make me do this anymore. Just find a way to get rid of PPTQs on Magic Online and let me play in the finals when I want to. That's my, that, that is my heartfelt, sincere Christmas wish. Give me that. What if there was a way to do ptq leagues or ptqq leagues sure sign me up so probably obviously a more than more of an entry fee than your competitive leagues and i wonder if they would have to be shorter run like you could only run a league for a week and then you'd have to expire the league and come back into it again sold even if there's a 10 minute plus wait time between rounds i'll absolutely do that Mm -hmm. that sounds great Like I said, the problem for me is this consistent schedule of them. And like, again, I'm 10 minutes later getting started than I thought I would be. Oh, well, I missed the one this week. Yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, that would solve a lot of it. You'd have to, you still got to have enough interest in it for the leagues to be able to fire reasonably. Cause like if you're at 30 minute wait times, you really haven't done much. Yeah. That, that is part of the problem. Right. And then obviously you'd get the people that go O2 drop and would lower the number of potential matches you would have, I guess. I don't know. It, it's tough. Maybe there's a way that they could do it. Maybe they need to restructure their PTQs to, to fit in league format or they just give you free entries into the PTQs if you, you know, five Oh, a certain number of competitive leagues or something like that. Um, and then you can just buy your way in normally. Yeah. Something like that would be great too. Cause like I've won enough games of Ixalan sealed that I know what, to, like the format solved. It's, it's not a difficult or challenging format. You open your pool. You look, did I open a tribal deck? No. Did I open blue and green fixing? No. What are the best two colors I have? Let's do this. Right. Like we're not playing anything super complex. It's like, I don't mind playing Ixalan sealed. We'll talk some more about this towards the end of the podcast when we get to Scott's question. Cause I, I think that's coming up again in regards to playing powered cube over and over and over and Ixalan sealed over and over and over. I just, I just don't feel like playing in the PPTQs anymore. And maybe it is some due to the format being a bit lackluster, but I, like I had all intentions of playing in it today. If, if I was able to get everything started by 10, I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Next up for me, and this is not necessarily a magic online thing. This is just a magic in general thing. Um, I wish that all of the magic sets this year are as good on a- or as the average set was this year. So I think as a whole this year, magic sets for limited were very good. Um, Ixalan was a bit of a miss uh, is the general consensus, but the hour of devastation was so good. And Amonkhet was pretty, you know, it was, it was pretty good, right? We got to see cycling back and then things like that. But I think if you look at magic as a whole over the last year, um, it is generally positive trending in the right direction. And I hope that next year kind of just knocks it out of the park. I hope rivals sneaks up on everybody and kicks them in the head and say, this is what magic should be. And then Dominaria comes around and everybody's like, oh my God, this is what magic was and is, you know, like it's that good. Um, And then whatever, do we even know what the next set is after Dominaria? We don't even know if it's a two set block, do we? It's, there are no more two set blocks. Well, that's what I mean, but we don't know if it's going to be like, they can, make it as many blocks as they want right but yeah. we don't even know if if we're going to stay on dominaria or if we're going to go somewhere else after this um all that we know is dominaria is drafted together and we don't know what is after that yeah um so like you know we've got endless potential we just had an unset this year we've had i mean iconic masters was a bit of a buzz value wise but it was a fun format to draft you know i, I feel like wizards has been trending in the right direction continuously and um you know there's a saying that like at least, you know, when it comes to like buying real estate, for example, you can't always expect your price, your property prices or values to continue to go up because at some point, like it just can't grow anymore. People won't be able to afford it. But when it comes to, to something like magic, I think like there is no ceiling on the amount of fun that we can have when playing magic. And um, I mean, they showed us that with unstable and, and, and things like that. So that that's what I want to see. I want to see a continued growth in magic when it comes to the quality of limited formats Um, and I don't think that's a difficult one. I don't think that's a big stretch for me to ask. Okay. I'm down. I I think part of why I'm going to tangent here for a minute as I am want to do, but I I, I think there's two things that make a good magic set from my perspective. And one of them is certainly gameplay, right? I want the gameplay to be interesting. 
Okay. Usually multiple strategies are good. And that that's something that will make me interested in the gameplay. And then two is the flavor, right? Like I want flavor that I can really get behind and enjoy. So like M and Cat came out and it actually didn't really have interesting gameplay because it was kind of all aggro all the time. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But the flavor for me was delicious. It's hearkening back to Nicol Bolas, an old planeswalker from Dominaria. Like I played a long time ago. I know who this guy is. And then the Egyptian stuff was really cool. Like I studied that when I was in, in college. I'm like, this is neat stuff. So I could kind of forgive the gameplay not being super diverse because the flavor was great. Then we introduce our, and it's like, okay, I have some, I have diversity in the gameplay and the flavor is still delicious. This is great. If we harken back to Kaladesh, the gameplay was good, even though the flavor wasn't really a home run for me. Like a lot of what I like about magic sets is the conflict and the conflict in, in Kaladesh, maybe there was one. And if I go read the stories, I can get super into it, but it seemed kind of like there were a bunch of people making cool stuff and that was it. And I didn't really understand what was happening, but it, it, I, I was kind of like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. These cards are fun to play with. I don't need to know the story between long tusk cub to know that it's really good to play one on turn two. And I don't need to know the story behind the pain train to know I just want to run my opponents over with it. So like I enjoyed the gameplay. And then we get to Ixalan. It's like, I don't, again, maybe there is a coherent storyline, but it, it feels to me like we just kind of asked four random kids, what do you want to be for Halloween? And they gave us the answers. A pirate, a dinosaur. I want to be a mermaid. And we're like, okay, let's let's make that our set. And then the gameplay doesn't seem very diverse. So I I think that's why it's a little bit of a miss is that we kind of missed on both fronts and rivals can fix all of that because again, M and Ket wasn't super diverse gameplay, but as soon as we introduced hour of devastation, it was one of the best draft formats. Like it's in my top three, dude. Mm -hmm. And, And that's one that I didn't top eight a PTQ in. Like it's not because I won with it which I think my other top formats probably are ones that I did very well in. Um, but like it, it was just that good in the gameplay. And I think rivals could certainly do that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think wizards has going for it is the, they had a bunch of interesting mechanics that they released this year. You know, energy was really cool and interesting, even though it's kind of busted in standard. Um, yeah. You know, the, the flashback cards, the aftermath cards I thought were really cool. Um, and some like new design space, not really new design space, but a different, implementation of that design space from flashback cards um in in the past and obviously cycling bringing it back was fun you know there's just crewing vehicles was new and interesting kind of a rehash of equipment there's they did a lot of interesting things this year and um you know you have to kind of step back and, and remember that they they designed these sets in a very short amount of time relatively speaking like we're getting a new format like once every three months i know that there's different teams that work on them but like they're pumping out a lot of cool content um, just in the magic cards. And you have everything else that goes on behind it, the art, the story and things like that. And it's a huge undertaking for every single set. And the fact that they keep like Ixalan compared to no other set is still a fine way to draft magic, right? Like it, it's absolutely it compare, you know, it's, it, it's fun. Like if it was the, if this, if the only magic, the gathering set was Ixalan, we would still probably play it. And it would think it would be, it would be a fine game. Like it wouldn't be my favorite game, but it would still be okay, right? There's a lot going on there um, in a vacuum. 
and then you, you, I mean, obviously you put it next to cons and other sets like that, uh, hour of devastation, it loses a lot there, but it was still fun magic once in a while or some of the time, just not all of the time. And, um, and I think that, uh, like I said, I think they've been doing very good work and I just hope that they continue to grow, you know, take off. Um, because I also want to see the player base grow, right? That's kind of another wish list. There is, is we've talked about this before, but we want to see more people coming to magic through magic arena. And hopefully that trickles down to magic online and to your local game store and, uh, you know, all the way down the chain and that we grow this player base so that Hasbro and wizards continue to throw their support behind it and their money behind it. And then maybe we get those improvements out the other end that we were talking about. Right. Um, or maybe we see arena get sealed or we see arena get commander or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's net positive obviously for us and for, for everybody that plays magic. If wizards continues to pump out high quality content. Agree. Uh, I have two more. Okay. One, I would like for vintage masters to be available to draft anytime. You're just saying that cause you're good at the format. Yes, that's true. Um, I ended that with something like a 75% win rate and I've still got packs left. Even after I gave away a draft set towards the end of that, just, just bring it back at some point. Like a week wasn't long enough. I could have played that for two or three weeks and been happy. That one was a little bit of a joke, but I, I really did enjoy that format. Would love to see like bring that back instead of holiday cube next time. I'd rather play that. Um, and then honestly, I'd really like to see a lot of this, it's not another way to say this BS drama and like hate mongering and, and stuff going on in the magic community. Let's just get back to the roots of this is a fun game. Anybody who wants to play can play and like be nice to each other. I'd really like to see that be the way that people approach magic and how people think about this game is inclusive. And for everybody, when I was at GP Portland a million years ago, the dude that runs, uh, planeswalkers for diversity gave me a sticker to put on my deck box and it says magic is for everybody. And I'm like, heck yeah, anybody can play magic. That sounds great. Like just be nice to each other. I'd like to see that become our mantra and, and seeing like the Twitter battles and stuff. I've, I've had to like, I'll always speak up for everybody. I'm doing it right now. If, if you're a hate monger or magic, you know, you're being mean, stop. <laughs> like be a decent human being, but like I've gotten to the point where I, I kind of don't want to look at Twitter all that much anymore because I'm going to see more of that and be disappointed. It's like, I just want to play the game. I want to have fun. I want to hang out with my friends and that's what my chat is on stream. So like, I want to see that be normal for magic next year. I cannot agree more. I, I really don't have any follow-up to that. Let's just get back to the game the way that it was, yeah. the way that it always has been. And this, this too will pass. I've met some of the people I would consider my closest friends through magic. And that's how I met my wife. You can make incredible connections in this game with other awesome people. Like focus on that aspect of it and enjoy the game that you're playing. I agree 100%. Okay. So as is holiday tradition for some people, let us make some new year's resolutions for magic online. What do you say? I'm on board. Okay. I'm on board. So one of the one, the one, the, a lot of people make in real life is I'm going to go to the gym, right? I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on uh, January 2nd when it opens and I'm going to buy my membership and I'm going to go eight days and then I'm going to stop going this year. My magic online new year's resolution is to 
work my magic brain, magic in air quotes, work out my magic brain on magic online more frequently than what I do now, meaning that I'm going to challenge myself more. I'm going to play more formats. I am going to do things that I wouldn't normally do that are outside of my magic comfort zone, meaning flashback drafts, cube drafts, uh, master's drafts, other formats such as standard, maybe even modern. I've got my pinky finger up here as my fifth one on there. But the best way to grow your skill set when it comes to anything is to challenge yourself, find out what your limits are, push those limits, learn new things and apply those the new things that you have learned to those previous challenges to see if you can now conquer them. And I am going to work out on Magic Online. I'm going to buy my membership. January 2nd, I'm going to be there, tickets in hand, and we're going to find some format and we're going to play with the explicit, I guess, goal of bettering myself as a Magic player. I really feel like I've been able to do that by playing Storm in the Cube. Like, and it, it's it's kind of embarrassing because like I'll have to ask for help and I will notice that chat is seeing the lines before I am like I'll be talking it out and then somebody will be like just obviously do these three things. I'm like, hey, I only got to thing number two. I'm going to get there. Like it's it's kind of embarrassing to do it. But after I'd done it a few times, like just understanding how the storm deck works and what it needs when I'm playing against it, I know exactly when to pressure them and when to leave mana up for a key counter spell. I'm like, I know what turn is important for them. I know what resources they need. I know what spell to counter from them, which one's going to bother them and which one isn't. And I feel like I've really grown as a magic player by forcing myself to to storm, right? And I, I like that that's in my wheelhouse now. So true story. Uh, a couple of years back when I was trying to get into shape for, for Frisbee season, um, my friend was a personal trainer and uh, she was a brand new personal trainer. She was looking for some business. So I'm like, well, why don't I pay you for some, some training sessions and we'll do some cross training and you'll get me into shape for, for my Frisbee season. And at our, at the first session we did, uh, kind of like 20 different exercises or something like that. And I was awful at all of them. And, and she was like, and, and like, it didn't make any sense to me while we were doing some of these things. Like, you know, like there's certain skills that I have in, in, that I use in Frisbee, like endurance, speed, you know, agility, jumping, things like that. Like those are my key things. And she was having me do like all the strength training stuff. And it's like, look, like that's just not what I do. Like I'm tall, skinny. I can jump 18 feet in the air. Let's work on my strengths. And she's like, like, just trust me here. I'm the expert. You know, we're going to do this. And so we're doing kind of these, all what seem to be unrelated exercises and then finally by the end like i was terrible at all of them right and then we did a bunch of individual weeks for the next 10 or 12 weeks and the end we did the same thing and i was all i was all of a sudden like amazing at all of them or not not necessarily amazing but amazing compared to what i was before and um and and it kind of put it all together it's like that's what cross training is right it's like you're working on things that are pseudo related to each other and you put it all together and the sum of the parts is greater than the whole and, uh, and it felt like I really changed my approach to, to kind of fitness when it comes to, to the sports that I play. And I think in magic, it's the same thing. You can play cube and cube is not related to anything that we, that we play now in regular magic. Right. But there's a lot of lines and, and kind of repetitions. Those, that muscle memory that you get from playing cube that you can apply to other formats just naturally. You can be like, Oh, Hey, this situation is something that I've run into in cube when it comes to like, let's say when to hold up mana leak, for example, 
even though the cards aren't nearly as powerful, you can still apply what you've learned holding up Mana Leak in Cube to holding up Cancel in Ixalan Limited or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So Magic Cross Training, I think, is something that I'm going to be looking to do this year specifically, whether that be Cube or other formats, just to really broaden my Magic Horizons and make myself a better, well-rounded player. And, uh, And also, setting goals is another story back to when I was doing my boot camp. Um, she, she set me a goal of being able to run consistently, like constantly for 30 minutes at a consistent pace. And again, I was like, well, I don't really do that. I run, I sprint, I stop, I sprint, I stop, I sprint, I stop. That's completely different. And she's like, you know, just, just trust me. We're going to set you this goal. And the way that you're going to work toward that goal of 30 minutes, cause I could do like maybe like eight at a time at a consistent high speed was, um, She's like, you know, when working toward your goal, you're going to learn how to pace yourself and then you're going to apply that to your game. And sure enough, at like week six or week seven, I was doing my 30 minutes. You know, I I was working consistently to that goal and I got to my 30 minutes, you know, quite easily because of the way I was working toward it and the ways of structuring my workouts. So I think this year as part of that resolution is I'm going to set myself specific goals of like, you know, for example, drafting storm, learning how to draft storm or learning how to play a certain deck in standard or learning how to play a certain deck in modern um, so that I can achieve, achieve those short-term goals and apply them to the overall goal of being a better magic player. I have one too. Um, and it, it kind of hit me today. I was playing cube, you know, doing my thing and somebody came into chat and said, so what are you on lately for modern Jund? I was like, I don't actually know when the last time I played modern Jund was, but I was playing it somewhat consistently to be in the modern PTQs and had gotten to the point where people kind of cared what I thought about modern Jund. Like I was sort of a guy known for that. And then somebody in chat typed a command for the deck list for Jund and it was six months old. And I realized that I haven't played any modern in six months. Like I've just let that completely slide by. And I think that kind of makes sense after Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation were released because they were so awesome. But like, I haven't turned back to it and I need to like there's, there's a million different ways to play magic, but the t- two main competitive formats outside of limited are standard and modern. And I need to be dipping my toe into those a lot more consistently than I am. So I resolve to next year play constructed magic, uh, specifically modern, not necessarily Jund. Who knows? Maybe like after listening to your, your podcast with Emma, I was like, I kind of want to try ad nauseum, but I, I'll play something constructed on magic online with more consistency next year, I may need to have a constructed day, just like constructed corner this day. I'm, I'm just setting it in stone. I'm going to do that. That's actually a really good idea. I'm going to get, that's my resolution. I'm going to schedule constructed out corner. Yeah. I'm going to schedule out which day I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make myself do it every week. I like it. I like it. I think that's good. Okay. Next re- resolution for me is this is going to be a tough one, but I think I can make it happen, is I am going to double the number of drafts that I play this year. Okay, you can do that. Double, double, I can do that. I have so much time in my schedule. And when it comes to streaming, um, I think if I just put a little more consistency into into my scheduling for streaming and making sure that I don't have any excuses not to stream, I think that I can easily double the number of drafts that I do online in the year. That also applies to paper. I'm going to more than double my drafts in paper this year, and I'm going to make sure that that happens. I did, I want to say like 12, 14 paper drafts. I did a lot more online, obviously, but um, I'm going to make sure that I continue to support my LGS 
take my daughter to some drafts and we're going to try to, I'm going to try to double my paper drafts easily, but online for sure. That's the big one for me is I'm going to play twice as much magic. I hope that is my goal. Awesome. That sounds great, man. Let's do it. I agree. All right. You got any other ones? No, that's a, that was mine and it's a big one. So I'm going to stick it there. We're going to have a constructed day. I like it. Last one for me is I'm going to play more for fun. Magic is always fun to me, but I I play more to win than I play to have fun. And uh, the last year of playing magic with my daughter, playing at pre-releases with her two at a giant, that kind of stuff. I realized that um, I can enjoy magic a lot when I'm playing for fun and when I'm playing for keeps. And I think I can enjoy them equally. And I think I'm going to make sure that I can continue to play for fun uh, instead of for keeps all the time. And that's like, I always do that at pre-releases anyway, but I think that bringing her to events with me and I'm going to try to do this online as well is uh, I'm going to play. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to focus on the fun. I hope a lot more than I do currently while still playing for keeps. And, uh, and I think I'm pretty close to that. I don't think that's too much of a stretch for me. So uh, not that I don't have joke around and smile a lot on stream, but uh, I had a couple of moments this past year where uh, I was frustrated with my own play and it kind of got to me and uh, I don't think I need to do that this year. So we're going to try that out. Yeah. There's no need to beat yourself up. Have like, go for it. I know when I'm playing, when I start, uh, I know when I first picked that brain freeze that I am playing for fun. Okay. Like there you go. the intelligent pick is the Elvish mystic, but I'm not taking that. I'm taking the brain freeze and we're going to see what happens and I'll be a ma- better magic player because of it, but I'm probably not going to win this draft and that's okay. I had a blast doing that. There you go. I am going to continue to obsess over my win rate though. Yeah. That yeah. is something that I'm going to do. I think that's a good thing. Okay. That's a good list. I feel like I should have written that down so that I can keep myself to it, but it's not like it's on the public record or anything, right? Yeah, I'm going to write down Constructed Day, and I'm not going to let myself off with this. Nice. We should hold each other accountable for it. Oh, God, you're going to make me do this? Can we be Magic Online Workout Buddies? I'll be your buddy. Okay. We'll go to yoga together? No yoga. What? Yoga's awesome. That's not really Actually, my I've thing. Actually, never, I've never done yoga, so... Yoga right. Fire. I just remember the guy from Street Fighter that could shoot fireballs. If I can learn to do that, I'm on board. I don't think that's how that works. It's not Dulcim. Dulcim. Was that's that a guy. Name? He's super stretchy. He shoots fireballs. He teleports. Yeah. Let's do yoga, man. I want to do all that. All right. I don't think that's how that works. Magic yoga. Maybe though. Okay. Oh, you know what? Can we like trademark that or something? Magic yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Like, like magic, the gathering yoga. Yeah. Like, what, would, what would that look like? What would that look like? I, it could look like anything. Cause I really have no idea what yoga is except being stretchy. Stretching your mana base like you could like Tommy would say you can splash that. It'll be fine. There you go. That's like, yeah, stretching your mana base is one. You could, you know, play specific constructed decks, you know, in standards. You could play like some stupid deck that is supposed to be like Zen or something. I don't know. Whatever. I I don't know anything about yoga. We we could get there, though. Maybe we can make it up. We can make it up about it. We can make it up. Totally. All right. All right. I'll come back to you on that one. I'll have my people call your people. Why? Okay. And finally, this week, uh, Scott asked you on stream. That's Scott of the Vance's Blasting Cannons himself. How do you stay focused during a format that you no longer consider fun? And I believe he was referring to Ry- or uh, Ixalan. 
um, he was mentioning that he was not having fun in, in sealed or draft and uh, didn't really give any indication why. So I imagine it's just kind of the general bleh about the format. Um, and I think we've talked about this before, but what's your take on a, when there's a format that, uh, especially you that play like, you know, 50 drafts in a, in a week or whatever. Um, how do you deal with it? I got three things. First, if it's not fun, you need to be having a reason to be doing it. And if you don't go do something else. Okay. So to an extent, I didn't have a reason to draft Ixalan anymore and it wasn't fun, but I had all these hour of devastation packs left over and there was still a queue. So I jumped in there and had a blast. They may not, they don't fill up super often, but it wasn't that bad. And we talked about it some on a previous podcast. I even had some viewers come in and draft with me because they had some left. We kind of had our own custom game going there. It was a lot of fun. So like, if you don't have a reason to be doing it, don't. Two, if you need to still be drafting it for some reason or playing sealed for some reason, try to have some fun and push the boundaries on what you can do in a format. One of my most memorable experiences was drafting an Orzov and Boros beatdown deck in Return to Ravnica. Those were not supported guilds in that format. You weren't supposed to be drafting black, white, and black and white, red in Return to Ravnica. Those guilds just weren't there. But there was actually a deck that you could get to come together about one in 15 times that involved one in two drops in some of the creature enchantments. And by pushing those boundaries and exploring things that were like kind of fringe and not really reasonable to do, I actually kind of had a blast. So if we're talking about Ixalan, draft black, green. Draft red, white, see what those decks look like. Honestly, the most fun I've had in Ixalan was a, a blue white deck that had five of the Legion Conquistadors in it. Like it was ridiculous. And like go outside the box and find a way to have fun with it. And then three is it the only reason I could see playing it if it's not fun and but you still have to is because you have competitive events that you want to participate in. So like you want to be on the pro tour. And you don't like the standard, but you have to play standard to to play in this. Just do it, right? Like if that's your goal and it would be fun for you to qualify for the pro tour or to win this tournament or to win this event that you're going to, then like make that the fun part, the fun of the event, the fun of the opportunity. I know people that legitimately enjoy participating in contests and like it's kind of fun for them, right? To enter that free giveaway or whatever it is. Even if they don't win, the idea that they're competing for something or that they could win something kind of gets them a little excited. So if you've got that bug in you and you're like, oh God, I don't want to play another team or energy mirror. Like just, you kind of need to fall in love with that mirror match and play it and own it. If that competitive spirit is, is what you're seeking, right? Like when I was getting ready for the, the, the standard PTQs a while back, I quickly understood that it's it's kind of all team or energy all the time. And I need to understand that deck and play that deck. And I'm going to play a lot of mirrors. I was like, I want to play in this event. I'm just going to do that. If that's not what you're looking for, like I said, there's plenty of other ways to play magic. And you can even take a break for magic for a game or two of something else if you need to. Today, after losing a bunch with playing um, Storm on stream, I needed to step away from magic and play a, a, a quick game of something else so that I could kind of get my brain refocused and then come back and play some more. And I did that and it's totally okay to do too. So th- those are my three things like play an, play magic another way. If you're in a format that you don't think is fun, 
bend the rules and try to find something fun that you can do within the current format that's wacky or weird or maybe an alternate win condition. Like for this one, it could be if, if you're talking about Ixalan, try to win with that black treasure card, right? Like when you open one, when you open the wacky build around, go for it and see if you can make it work. Because if you can, like you're going to have a great story to tell your friends. And if you can't, I guarantee you, you've made decisions and done things that you haven't done before in the format. And then three, if, if you're playing for competitive, then just accept that sometimes the decks and the formats aren't going to be super fun and exciting when you're playing in competitive, but that's what you signed up for. That's what competitive magic is. If you think it's bad now, go back to when it was all call blade mirrors. Like you don't want that. You have some decision about what you put in your team or energy deck. <coughs> River Hoopo. <coughs> it's a game breaker, but like, just fall in love with the format and play it anyway. If you're doing it for competitive purposes, because that that's what competitive magic is. Uh, I think I agree with all of that. I think, um, don't feel like you need to, uh, respect the current format. You do. I mean, like, don't feel like you have to play it because it's the most recent format. Um, if you don't like something, you know, just, just don't do it. Right. Like I used to do that where it's like, well, I don't want to go back and play the 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 previous cues because I feel like I should be playing the current format because it's current and I want to get better at it. I want to get my reps in. And it's like it's like if I'm not enjoying it, I don't have to play it anymore. I can go do whatever I want, right? But yeah. don't feel like you're locked into playing the most current version. Of course, unless that's all your your LGS fires. But like that's what that's why we play online, right? That's why you can just kind of do whatever there's seven in the queue for. Who cares? I think being able to step back and identify why you aren't enjoying a format is also key to that. So to help you decide which one of those things, three things to do. So for example, if you don't enjoy the format because you're not having great results at that format, you know, maybe you need to go back and, and take, take a look at some of your games and kind of evaluate, are you making mistakes? Are, are the, is it, is it luck? Is the format luck dependent? Is it heavily like swingy? Are you just in a bad streak or are you actually playing poorly? And maybe can you in, improve your play there? Because, you know, nothing will get you out of a funk, like a winning streak. Right. Um, yeah. But but I think stepping back and if, if you don't like the mechanics, you know, maybe you just don't enjoy the format at all. But I think looking at yourself and your gameplay, I think, is also a good place to start. I know that, you know, sometimes I don't enjoy formats that I'm not having a good success rate in. Um, but, you know, I can always try to change that and work on that and set myself some short term goals. So um, put when you say, you know, push the kind of the, your comfort level within a format. Also, like I mentioned at the start, um, you know, of, of the kind of the resolutions there is you know, change to a different format entirely. If you're an exclusively limited player, go play some popper, try some commander out, see if you can stretch your magic brain in other ways. If you still have the desire to play magic in general. Um, and who knows, you might be able to learn a few things that you can take to the next, to the next format. So, um, give yourself a workout in other ways, hit the treadmill instead of the weights one week. And, uh, but don't ever skip leg day. What's the magic equivalent of leg day? I don't know what leg day means. Is that a workout thing? It's a, it's never an internet, done that. It's, it's an internet meme. You know, you never skip leg day because you're always supposed to, you'll end up with like a huge upper body and tiny legs. I don't know. Okay. I, I just go along with what the cool kids say on Twitter. So good mana bases is leg day. Don't be lazy and have terrible go. mana bases because then your awesome deck will just fall apart. That actually is probably pretty accurate to what they say when they mean don't skip leg day. Yeah. Okay. And Playing cube is a really good way to learn how to build mana bases. <laughs> it is. It is. I just picked lands for like the first five picks 
and then have an awesome mana base. It's great. I had a, a pure five color garbage deck today and it was wonderful. It was so wonderful. I had a turn two Ojitai. Oh, what happened to that? Didn't you? Uh, oh, when you I, were when watching I, that part. We're not going to talk about that. When I turned into the stream, I saw balance on the stack. Um, I thought it was your opponent's. Yeah. So see, sometimes you go to play a card on Magic Online and you've been, I don't know, maybe you've been playing for eight plus hours and streaming for hundreds of people and interacting with them and you're kind of tired and you go to click your Golgari Signet, but instead you click your balance when there is white mana in your pool and you uh, kill your own Ojitai. I, it, you know, it's, I just like playing on challenge mode is really what it comes down to. You, you, I was like, this, this Ojitai is too good. I'm going to go ahead and kill it for you. And then I'm going to beat you anyway. That's not what happened. I lost that game. No. I mean, you did get your opponent to draw or discard two cards. Right. So it was a two for two. I mean, it's basically fair. It's basically fair. Fair and balanced magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm really glad you could be tuned in for that, Dave. Thanks for bringing it up here, too. I'm glad. See, this is the Christmas gift to our listeners. <laughs> I hope somebody. Christmas. I hope somebody clipped that. Yeah, they probably did. They probably right. did. Well, I think it's going to wrap it up for this year's Christmas episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, can't think of any homework this week, so just go out and be excellent to people. Yeah, and have a happy new year. And have a happy new year. Make yourself some resolutions if you so desire. Maybe share them with us. You can uh, hit us up on the Twitter. We are at Men from Moto, uh, trying to get that account up and running and tweeting frequently. But if you don't want to follow that, you have too many people on your list, you can catch me. I'm at uh, D Civilian, or you can follow me on Twitch. And Travis, they can find you at? At Simulin, S-E-M-U-L-I-N, and I'm on Twitch under the same name. Outstanding. So if anybody's listening to us for the first time, you haven't heard that before. That's all new to you. Everybody else, you've probably stopped listening by now. But thanks once again to Face-to-Face Games <laughs> and ManaDeprived.com for all the support and hosting. And uh, we'll see you next week. Adios.